Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. The Exodus is our brand new series about God's salvation coming through in a time when people are scared and vulnerable. In the series, we also look at questions about finding our identity, our purpose in life, and how to find hope in unprecedented times. Join us in this epic journey where we will discover redemption, identity, and hope. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. For more information, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. Hi, we're continuing on our epic adventure, looking at God's salvation of his people from Egypt and bringing them to the promised land. And over the last couple of weeks, as we've looked at the Exodus, we have seen that there are many parallels to us today. In Egypt, Pharaoh, fearing the growing numbers of the Israelites, looked to control them by keeping them under such a heavy workload and um, that they couldn't protest. Our Pharaohs are also heavy taskmasters and we can feel that burden and it might be through broken relationships, it might be uncertainties and worries about the future, it might be destructive cycles that we get into, and we can feel a lack of time and energy to really deal with these things. Well, back in Egypt, the Pharaoh also was killing their male children, and there was a need for a hero. They were crying out for a savior. Now, last week, we met Moses, now, Moses wasn't the savior, but as we're going to find today, he was God's chosen mediator, his envoy that was going to do his work in bringing the people out of slavery. Moses, as a baby, escaped certain death. He ended up living in Pharaoh's household. And as he grew older, he saw the injustices to his people, the Israelites, and he took justice into his own hand and killed one of the Egyptian slave drivers. He had to flee from Egypt and he ended up in Midian where he worked for Jephro as a shepherd and he married Jephro's daughter. But back in Egypt, things were tough and the Israelites were crying out to God. And we read in Exodus 2, verse 24 to 25, God heard their groanings and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Our God is a covenantal God. That's the way he works, he operates. And he had made a covenant with Abraham, promising him that his descendants would one day be a great nation and that they would have a home of their own. And now was the time. This was the time of God's plan to bring his people into their own home to save them. It was time for his plan to save his people. Today, we're going to look at an incredible passage in Exodus 3 through to the beginning of chapter 4, where we see God reveals himself to Moses as Savior. And also, we're going to see the parallels between God's call on Moses to partner with him and God's call on our lives today. We pick up the story 40 years on. Moses has been a shepherd and he has had to learn new skills. God needed to teach him character if he was going to carry out his task. Now, being a shepherd is a very humble and simple sort of profession, and perhaps you wouldn't consider it a place to learn life's lessons. But I think it would have been a time where Moses matured, where he left behind perhaps some of the arrogance and confidence of his youth, 
where he learned to become dependent on God, to appreciate and love God better. And also just by being a shepherd and having to have the humility and endurance and patience with the helpless sheep to protect them and look after them, I think he learned a lot of life skills. And so we pick up with Moses taking his sheep to the far side of the wilderness, to the place called Horeb, which was the mountain of God. And he sees this bush that's on fire and yet the fire's not consuming the bush and he's really curious. And he goes over to look at it and it says in verse four to six, when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. When I read this, it makes me think about what an awesome privilege Moses had to be spoken to by God, to have that intimate experience of his presence, to hear his name being called out. And I can picture Moses falling to his knees, covering his face in awe, in fear of God. And it makes me think of myself and how often I can be quite casual about the, the truth that we can come into the presence of God anytime. We can speak to him, and this isn't because we deserve it. It's not something that we have worked to achieve. This is purely by grace. And we can be casual about it because we receive it freely. We can forget that it's possible because of Jesus's own life given up for us. Well, God is a God of promises, of covenants, and he always does what he says he will do. And we read in verse seven to 10 that it says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about them suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God has heard their cries, he's seen their pain, and he has compassion on them. And it says he came down to rescue them. He's going to be leading them out of that bondage, out of that slavery. Well, I find this really encouraging because God also hears our cries. He knows our slave masters. He knows the burdens that we are under. And he too came down to rescue us. And we read about this, this great news in John 6, where Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus came down to save us and in doing so he brought in a new covenant, a covenant through his blood and he promises to those who turn to him in faith that he will be their God, that we will be his people and he will put his spirit in us, he will guide us, he will lead us, he leads us out of bondage into freedom, freedom of a life lived with him in his strength now and in eternity to come. Here's our saviour. Now, going back to the call of Moses, God came down to rescue them and he was going to use Moses 
for this. And in verse 10, he says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Let's be clear about this. God did not need Moses. God could have said an, sent an angelic army in to rescue them. He could have flown them into the new land. But God chose to use a man with human weaknesses that he would take Moses and his people on a journey of discovery, a journey where they would learn to, to have him with them leading. They would learn to trust in him and obey him. There would be growth. There would be discipline. And ultimately, there would be coming into a new land. And the same is for us, because we also have that call to go. If we look at Matthew 28, we're told, go into all nations, making disciples. And in the same way as with Moses, God chooses to use us, not because we're great, but because in our weakness and our dependence on him, he takes us too on a journey of discovery. We learn to become dependent on him. We learn to trust him. We learn to go in his strength. There is growth. There is discipline. And there is a becoming more like Jesus in the process. But we can probably relate to Moses' response when he was told to go. We read in verse 11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? We're probably saying, who am I? God, who am I that you would send me with this message to the world of good news? I'm not capable of doing this. And God's answer to Moses is simply, I am with you. And the answer to us also from Matthew 28 is, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God was with Moses and God is with us. And in verse 12, he says, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God's call on Moses is going to be proved to be true when in the future, Moses brings them out of Egypt to this same mountain, Mount Sinai. And it's on this mountain that God will speak to his people through Moses and they will worship him. But what about us? What is the call on our lives? How is that shown? Well, we also are called to be a people who worship God. And we have this crazy privilege of having God's spirit within us. And his spirit within us will bring fruit. And that fruit will be seen, will be evidenced as we reach out to people. And we go with a, an authority in our words that comes because God goes before us. And Jesus also speaks about those who bring the good news, that there will be a demonstration of his power given evidence to it as well. But Moses was not convinced. How about you? Are you feeling convinced? Well, in verse 13 to 14, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name that you shall call me from generation to generation. Here we have one of the most amazing revelations that God gives in his word about who he is. I am. And by calling himself this, he is saying that he is God 
the self-existent one, the supreme, the highest, the infinite, the all-powerful, the alpha and the omega, above all things, above his creation. I am has sent you. He is God. And he's saying to Moses, last time you went in your own strength. This time you go with me. I go with you. I am with you. Now, Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees about who he said he was. The Pharisees thought that he was claiming to be of more importance than Abraham, their father. And Jesus says to them in John 8, verse 58 to 59, Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. They wanted to stone him because Jesus, by using the phrase, I am, was claiming to be God. He was um, associating himself with the God of that burning bush, the great I am. Not a helper of God, not a great teacher, but God himself. And in fact, in the Gospels, Jesus goes on to use this again and again as a title. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Moses had the great I am going with him, and we have the I am with us too. Would it surprise you that after this amazing revelation, that Moses still had so many reasons why he wasn't the man for the task? But I know I can be like this. I can be thinking more about my own limits rather than God who is limitless. And so Moses says, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? God's reply was that Moses, that does not matter. It's not in your hands. That's in my hands. Yes, the Israelite leaders are going to believe you. But God says, Pharaoh won't. But it will be through my mighty hand that brings the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, I find this so encouraging because we can think that People might not believe us and we go in our own strength, but it has nothing to do with us. It's all about God. God will achieve his end. Regardless, we need to be obedient and trust him. Now, God now gives Moses three miraculous signs that he can use to prove that he's been sent by God. We're not going to go into detail of them now because those are going to come um, in the future as we carry on in this story. But just so that we're aware of them, he has a staff that he can throw to the ground and it becomes a snake. He puts his hand inside his cloak and it becomes leprosy and then it gets healed and he turns water into blood. And although Moses witnessed these miracles, he still said, I've never been eloquent and I'm slow of speech and tongue. And God challenged him, Moses, who gave you your tongue? Who gave you your mouth? You can trust me. I will give you the words going forward that you need. And the same is the truth today for us, that when we need it, God will give us what we need. He will give us the words that we need to share with people if they have questions, to share the good news, because God is with us as he was with Moses. And we can leave the results to him whether they believe like the Israelite leaders did, or whether they're skeptical like many of the Israelites themselves were, or if they harden their hearts like Pharaoh, the outcome's in God's hands. Now, our passage ends now with one last thing by Moses. And would you believe he says, 
send someone else. Now, up until this point, God has been very patient with his questions, but now it says that the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And yet in his mercy, he allowed Moses to have a helper. He gave him his brother Aaron, but he made it very clear that it was going to be through Moses that he spoke. I wonder if he regrets not recognizing all that God was revealing to him on that day and had the confidence instead of making excuses to say, send me. As we conclude now, I have a few questions for us to consider. Are we aware of the oppression that our world is under? Cycles of hopelessness, of debt, of broken relationships, of fears and insecurities, particularly at this time about the future. If we're part of God's family, then there is a call on our lives. We are part of God's plan to reach out on his behalf to a broken world. Are we going to argue with the great I am saying things like, I'm not worthy of doing this, I can't do it, I'm not eloquent, send someone else? Or are we prepared to, in God's strength, say, send me? God doesn't call us to do it in our own strength, but to join him in what he's already doing. If today you've been with us considering God's plan for salvation and you recognize that you need God, I really want to say that God knows. He knows you, he knows where you're at, and he wants you to come into his family. He came down from heaven to rescue you. And Jesus in Revelations 3 verse 20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If you don't know Jesus, he is standing at the door knocking. Open the door to him, invite him in to be with you and be part of his family. I want to end now with a prayer and I want to pray into two areas. First of all, for those of us that want to recommit ourselves to God's plan on our lives, his call, and want to say, send me. And also for those of us that want to today invite Jesus to come into our hearts and to be with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for learning more about who you are, our great I am who came down to rescue us. Lord, we don't take this lightly. We're in awe of you. And Lord, I want to think today for us that perhaps are wanting to make a commitment, a recommitment to the call that you have on our lives. I pray that you would really encourage us that it is in your strength that we don't have to be eloquent, we don't have to be all things, but Lord, we can trust for your Holy Spirit working in us. Lord, we want to just commit ourselves and say, send us, Lord. We go in trust knowing that you go before us. The great I am, the God of this universe, goes before us, fills us with your strength and with your power and your passion. Lord, let people see the fruit of our lives and recognize something that's missing and want to know more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask that your Holy Spirit would really fall upon us now. 
And Lord, we also want to pray alongside those that are recognizing your voice, recognizing that we need you, that we live in a broken world and our lives are often broken and hurting. Lord, we thank you for that offer of freedom, that offer of salvation that comes not because we've done anything, not because we're good enough, but comes because of your grace, your love, and through your sacrifice, Jesus, you came down that we could be saved. You came down that we could be rescued. And we say today, Lord, come into our hearts. Please come into my life and make me whole again. Lord, take over control. Be my Lord. Be my saviour. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for living my life my way and independently. Lord, I trust now to live my life in your strength and in your direction. Lord, thank you for your gracious, loving gift. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, now as we close, we just really pray that you would go before us, Lord, that you will just, with your presence, give us such a tangible sense that you're with us and you're going with us, Lord. And we just give you thanks. We give you honor, we give you praise, and all glory belongs to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Exodus series. To find out more about City Hill, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. We'd love to hear from you.